for 10 years in a row, ranking Arizona's number one most trusted referral network, rosieonthehouse.com. Information that you can't get anywhere else. And over three decades of Rosie on the House. Welcome to our 10 o'clock hour in the new format. This is our open home hour where we throw the door open to anything about your home, castle, or cabin you'd like to talk about. The lines, the phone number to join the conversation, one 767 4348 That's 1-888-ROSIE4U. Text questions can be sent to 411923, and you can email info at rosieonthehouse.com. If you've got uh, something that you need a picture assist to help explain your project, or if you're looking for help identifying a product or a manufacturer, those emails can be sent to info at rosieonthehouse.com. And then if you heard something, or jumped in the middle of the broadcast, or you jumped out of the middle of the broadcast previously during the three hours, as running around as life and chores take you here and there, and you wanted to hear something or re-listen to it, each hour is online at rosieonthehouse.com. You can go to the radio podcast, and we do it a lot of different ways. Uh, We've got each hour has four segments, and we break down each segment, so you can click the individual segment. Gary goes through the... Each segment puts keywords about what we talked about, so if you don't remember at what point in the hour or what point in the broadcast you heard it, those keywords can help you find it. You can hit Control-F and type in words if you're online to help see if it brings you to it. Like if uh, you remembered that the caller's name was Steve, and you could type in Steve and it bring it to that, and then you could click the audio link there. You can listen to the podcast in the complete hour. The link is right there. It'll take you to iTunes. And iTunes has the, the last 20 of our broadcasts, but you, it'll also help you go to Podbean. And we've got, uh, I think, over 1,200. Yeah, it's, it's quite a bit. Podbean's great because uh, it's the entire hour. If you want to just hit play and just go about your business while listening to the show. And, and at rosieonthehouse.com, uh, the show is each segment. So if you just want to hear a particular segment, like we had terrific guests this morning in the seven o'clock hour, it's the 50th anniversary of Man on the Moon. Uh, Dr. Sky was uh, talking about the Arizona connection to Apollo 11 and and uh, we, we, huge history too, because they trained out here to get on the moon. And uh, Nancy, uh, we had a very special guest, LSU alum, who was actually <laughs> at the uh, at the launch uh, her father was uh, a very uh, big person uh, w- when it came to uh, constructing the first stage of the Saturn V rocket that took Apollo 11 up to the moon. It was at Michoud uh, in New Orleans when they built that. And uh, he was also a director of a lot of the launches eventually with NASA. So a fascinating story. So you'll be able to hear that after the show. So if you're looking for just a quick bit of information, you can do the segments. That's the fastest way if you're looking to just listen. Uh, Like I said, the podcast would be the better alternative if you're just looking to hear the whole hour. Uh, You can find all that at rosieonthehouse.com, starting place. Or if you follow us on Facebook or Twitter, we put out a post each hour following it with all the tags of the guests and everything. Our outdoor living hour, Richard Atkins was in talking about monsoon prep and tree staking. Doug Diedrich was in talking stucco last hour. 
If you've got a stucco home, that was a great broadcast. And it's one of those things that, you know, we've we've got till the end of the year to figure this out. I'm not going to let another year pass without doing this. Recording the conversation during the commercial breaks uh, inside the studio and having that in the podcast uh, just as, as an additional expanded content. We got we to gotta close that cycle somehow. A <laughs> couple... Uh, couple stories just a reminder to be careful out there an exterminator in green valley was stung 40 times by bees on wednesday the green valley fire department posted that they had treated him and he will be okay we have a great uh segment on bees on our website if you just type in bees on what to do uh it basically if you find yourself in a swarm quickly identify the oh, fastest, <laughs> flattest, clearest thousand yards and go for Just it. Just run. <laughs> a regular honeybee, you could get by about 100 yards. The more Africanized ones, they've got a, a stronger endurance, and you, you've got to be ready to go a, a thousand yards as fast as you can. The breath is what is attracting to them when a bee stings that releases a pheromone that warns the other bees attack right here. This is danger to our our colony. So if you get stung once, if there's a swarm, it, it immediately tells the rest of them attack. So just just get ready and run. Don't jump in water. We, They'll wait for you. You can't hold your breath long enough. We the, know that's tough, too, when you're running because what are you doing? You're breathing hard. <laughs> so he's like, there he is. Go get him. Uh, and then another another sad service uh, story, a serviceman working on an air conditioning attic in the Goodyear area passed away. Uh, it was a day it was 107. The attic was probably 130. If, uh, you know, warning signs come in, I don't know the situations with this guy, but, you know, there, there's nothing that doesn't, that they can't take a, take a break. Uh one of the things that we didn't used to have, you've got a lot of additional things like cool rush towels that you can wrap around, keep your body and your core temperature, keep well hydrated, uh, pay attention to those warning signs. I know a lot of times we just think, ah, you know, just, just plow through it, get the job done, I'll be done in 10 minutes, and, and then I can take a break. You know, if, if you're feeling those, those warning signs of, of extreme fatigue, Get hydrated, get in the shade, get out of that extreme heat, and just just go back to that project later. It'll, it'll be waiting there for you when you're done, If it, even if that means taking a 15, 10-minute break. And a funny picture that came out of Tucson. Have you seen that postcard where that entire saguaro has fallen down over that old Buick? If you've ever walked into any roadside shop or a restaurant that <laughs> yeah. sells postcards, you've mm-hmm. probably seen that. Welcome to Arizona, and there's a Buick. I think it's a Buick with an entire saguaro. Did you see this saguaro arm that went through a car's oh, that, windshield that, in Tucson? That was in Tucson? Yeah. yeah. That, that was a scary situation. Luckily, nobody was hurt. But uh, Northwest Fire you, is their Twitter handle, which you would think would be something for like Mon, like like Washington or <laughs> the <laughs> Seattle, something in the Northwest. But it's the Northwest side of Tucson. It's Northwest Fire. You can see that picture. It... Uh, that's a scary situation. Yeah, yeah, and uh, unfortunately, the and, and the driver wasn't hurt. And think about it. If when you look at that picture, it looks like okay. the driver's head got taken yeah, off in the yeah. picture, or he got uh, he got thorns on the side of his cheek or on the side of his head. He didn't get a scratch on him, and he is really lucky. Quick reflexes. Yeah, 
I mean, I, I wrap Christmas lights around my saguaro, and I always walk away with getting uh, pricked uh, four or five times and have to treat myself. So a lot of winds, a lot of falling trees, uh, limbs uh, through our monsoon season. So just a, a few safety warnings, uh, and let's get to our calls. They've completely loaded up, so we'll save the rest of the articles and stories we have for another time because our priority this hour is our Arizona homeowners, and they're awake today. Wendy, welcome to the broadcast. You're starting us off. Well, thank you. Good morning. Good morning. I have a situ- <laughs> I have a situation. My husband and I are doing travertine stone in our backyard. We're in Mesa, and part of the patio was concrete. The other had grass and dirt, and we did the whole thing, compacting it and everything. But we are going from two inches down to near nothing at the pool. And my husband has 44 years as a union flooring guy from Chicago. And so he knows what to do. Our problem is it's beautiful. The pitch is awesome. But we filled in between the travertine stone. We were told to use polymeric sand, which we did. The problem is when you do high part, oh, and then after that, we did a three-to-one of muriatic acid and water to bring out the color out of the travertine stone. So now if you like power it, so it's not sealed, but that brought out the color. But the polymeric sand seems to be fragile. Even though he wet it, waited 15 minutes, wet it, waited 15 minutes, he did that cycle three times, the polymeric sand seems fragile. My question is, is there something we can seal the polymeric sand with which would be tedious without obligating ourselves to the semi-annual sealing of the travertine stone. And this sand, this is what's between the travertine stone and your subfloor? Or are there grout no, lines with it as well? It's, it's, it's the grout lines. He has regular, real fine sand that he used for the pitch, and that's not the problem. It's getting to stabilize the polymeric sand yeah. so it doesn't crack and erode. I hose down the patio and it seemed to somewhat erode the polymeric sand that's in between, like which is the grout line. So I said to him, well, if you're upset about that and think that that's causing a problem, what's going to happen when it monsoon rains? Right. And if there is a product specifically for that sand that you use that can seal it in, you're going to find that at a place called Marvell Masonry. They've got just about any accessory uh, for masonry that's ever invented. If they don't carry it, it's not worth its weight in gold (laughs) or or it's not a product that they recommend. So I would just take a trip over to Marvell in Mesa. They are on Country Club, north of the 60. It's on the right-hand side. We just had our broadcast team out there sometime in, I think it was March, as they remodeled the showroom. Uh, And take a couple pictures while you're in there and say, here's what we're trying to do. We're looking to seal in the sand because it's flaking uh, off. And like you said, it's it's going to be tedious, uh, but then... If it does, in fact, lock in the sand and you've now saved yourself from having to do any repair work on that travertine tile, that tedious work will be worth it. Phil's in Mesa. Kathy's in Phoenix. And I can't tell who line three is. Lots of information there, but we'll get to all those right after this.
Don't get your windows replaced until you get an education and a quote from the experts at Pella Windows. So we've got Adam Homer in. Your fiberglass product, in my opinion, it's the right window for Arizona. Explain that a little bit. Pella's got a patented process. Uh, they pull trude fiberglass through this die. Uh, it's a matted material. So unlike a like the back of a shower enclosure, you know how it's random strands and yes, you know, it's yes. all pokey. Right, and, right. That's not what our windows look like. Uh, it looks like almost like a window screen mesh when it comes through and, and ready to uh, to put into the frame. And once it's all heat sealed and and made rigid, it goes through a powder coating process. So you can get a really nice looking window that's very strong, very durable. What matters is how you treat your doors and windows. They are the weakest link. Take the time to think through the right door and window. Pella's two locations in Scottsdale and Tucson. Find them at rosieonthehouse.com under Certified Partners. Got a funny email this week. Larry, a listener in Sierra Vista, thought we were joking when we mentioned the Cajun Navy. Said, I didn't think that was a real thing, but somebody had forwarded him a video from Fox News where they were interviewing the current, uh, I don't know, your president, uh, the director of, of the, the Cajun Admiral, Navy. I guess, of the yeah. Cajun Navy. <laughs> Me. No, it's a real thing. They were ready to go during uh, Tropical Storm Barry last week, or hurricane, depending on what part of the state you were, got hit with. He said, just one more reason to believe everything I hear on your program. <laughs> we won't steal your own. <laughs> Thank you, Larry. We appreciate you tuning in. Let's go to Mesa. Actually, we're going to stay in Mesa because that was our, our last caller was there as well. Phil, welcome to the program. Well, thank you very much. Uh, this uh, pertains to a glass block replacement of regular windows. Uh, this is about a 20-something-year-old stucco home in Alta Mesa area, East Mesa. Uh, the two windows are on a corner in the master bathroom, one on each 90-degree side. Uh, they're 48 by 48, and they're 10 inches inset from the corner. And I want to replace them with glass block. Uh, I know there's probably several types, and I have no really idea on the cost. Now, cost isn't something I'm going to be able to help you on. Um, okay. I don't do estimating. And, in fact, when we get asked about pricing, we generally don't, uh, without on-site, uh, do any kind of quoting because there's so many variables. Inevitably, when someone finally breaks you into giving a, a ballpark estimate and you give it and you get on-site, for whatever reason, you're way off. But the sure. person sticks to that first number they heard, <laughs> and it's always the lower side of that number. Uh, but any uh, any one of our contractors could probably provide that number for you. The different types of manufacturing, I'm not sure. Uh, actual product name, I know. I would guess Old Castle makes makes it. I know they've they're the company that owns Bellgard and they produce the Bellgard pavers. I know one of their companies is a glass company, so I can't imagine they don't have a glass block. But our last uh, caller, we, we sent him to Marvell. That's the same place I'm going to send you if you're looking for materials to do this yourself, if you're looking for a contractor. Um, I'll have to see if BC Renovations does that. I don't know if that might be too small for them. Maybe uh, more of a handyman matters or one of our Mason subcontractors that we could direct you to to get an estimate. But you know, if, if it's a masonry product, although even the, this one's glass, I'm going to send you to Marvell. And we need to make a note. If you look at the masonry category on our website, we've got 
Marvell, and Mesa. We also have their Phoenix, North Phoenix, their Peoria, Tucson, and Flagstaff locations. They have a Chandler branch. It's their newest branch. That location is not on our website. We need to get that that location up. So I hope that uh, direction in the right location or the right points you in the right direction. When you take out the old window, you're going to have to put something on there. Uh, I don't know that they would they'll use Hardy Backer, but it's going to be something like that, where they'll mechanically secure that to the frame of your home. If it's a wood frame home, if it's masonry, it's going to be a lot easier. But if it's a wood frame home, they'll put on uh, something like a Hardy Backer that is designed to have uh, cement grout attached to it. You know, you would never put straight grout onto your wood the wood frame of your home. So we'll have to do that first, and then we'll just put the block in. I don't think you're going to have any kind of worry on structural integrity. That uh, It's going to weigh a little bit more than your window, but it's not going to be anything that uh, a, the framed house can't handle. Appreciate the call. Let's get to Gretchen and Phoenix and see how we can help her this Saturday morning. Gretchen. Good morning. Yes, ma'am. So uh, right around Christmas, we replaced our air conditioner. Um, we were having trouble with the heater not heating, and we knew that we were on borrowed time because uh, the, it was the original unit, and the house was built in 01. So we upgraded to a four-ton variable 18-sear, and um, now that it's getting warm, we're noticing that there is a huge temperature difference between the living room and the bedroom. Um, sometimes like five degrees, which is tough at night when you're trying to go to sleep. So when we called the um, AC guy, he came back, looked at everything, and he said we now need uh, to add a return in the bedroom that would probably run another $1,000. So I'm looking for someone to tell me, is that the right approach? I'm kind of bummed because I already spent a whole bunch of money for a new air conditioner, and it's not cool in the bedroom. And when you had the air conditioning unit installed, did they change out the the registers at all? They did not. Okay. Well, it's not untypical for homes to need more register size space. And I know a lot of our guys, uh, when they're changing out units, are making the registers bigger. I'm. Uh, we had a, a crackling interference on the the call so i'm going to finish talking to you off air i'm going to assume this wasn't one of our partners because it doesn't sound like they did any kind of proper calculations on sizing Uh, generally speaking they would have put on uh, new dampers to control and i'm going to say we let's try and, and solve it with replacing uh, the registers because you can have adjustable ones that can adjust the airflow, which can help balance it. That's going to be a little bit more effective before we go to, or I'm sorry, a little more, it's just going to be cheaper than putting in a new return. So let's see if we can't get that solved, solve it that way before we do a, a complete $1,000 install of an additional return. Hang tight, Gretchen. We'll uh, talk more off air. We've got Keith and Mark on the line in an open line now at one 767 4348 That's one 888 Rosie for you. Text questions can be sent to 411-923. And you can also email info at rosieonthehouse.com. We've got a 
gentleman that's a contractor, been listening all morning. He was the one that joked about New Mexico being lazy. <laughs> Apparently, he's a contractor, a foreman. Heard us talk about the sad story about the gentleman that passed away in the attic working on air conditioning unit. And uh, he goes through all the things that he does for his crews and says, if you're dying on my job, it won't be because you're thirsty. <laughs> Providing Gatorade and electrolytes and rest and shade. But it it brings out something that I presented to our certified partners at one of our mixers. Uh, this was at uh, last one in Tucson. That was that would have been at Intelligent Designs uh, new office with Andrew. Is painting the picture of what the next generation of labor workers can look like in the construction field. There's a ad campaign going on on billboards that, that drives me nuts, and it's like don't hire. Uh, you know, this, uh, a, a bonehead basically. And it shows an old guy that looks like, you know, in probably mid fifties. It doesn't have a clue what he's doing, full of grease and not even dressed very well. I'm like, yeah, that, it irritates me because I'm like, man, if, if anybody knows how to fix something, it's probably those old guys. And <laughs> instead of making them look horrible, we should be making them uh, like, you know, honoring them for, for their experience. But anyway, just, just, Drives me nuts every time I see those. But the new generation of contractor and what they look like, a lot of them are wearing uniforms now, where in the past they hadn't been. It's a lot of very common for service guys to show up in complete uniform. They're putting uh, boots on over their boots, cloth, you know, cloth protectors, so they're not tracking the outdoor elements into the home. If they're going to be coming in and out multiple times, a lot of times they're rolling out floor protectors to make sure they're not getting anything beat up. They're putting wraps around corners if they're dragging in a lot of equipment or uh, you know units up to the attic that they're trying to get installed. But something that needs to be developed for the next stage. Have you ever n- looked close at a police officer sitting in their car in the summertime? Well, if you're in a, any kind of festival, they usually have to have security. Take a close look and look underneath their bulletproof vests. There's hoses, and, they've, and, and you can notice this on motorcycle cops too. There's air that's circulating through their uniforms mm-hmm. that are helping keeping their body cool. And we need to adapt that to uh, somebody that can be a contractor. And this is one of those things that I've got this idea for a company, and I'm going to give it away right now <laughs> because here I, we go, another million dollar idea. Out well, the and I can't. <laughs> I don't have the time. I, I barely have enough time to keep, you know, fulfill all my responsibilities right, right. for my existing job. <laughs> I don't have time to go do another one or start another one, much less. But a company that would service contractors. Let's say you are working in an attic. You've got an air conditioning crew, and they've got this this the, the air conditioning for this homeowner's out. We've got to get it done today. It's a triple digit. Well, for an extra X amount of dollars, you could hire this you know Arizona Cool Contractor Incorporated, and they would show up in a big van that's got an evap cooler that they would duct to the gable vents of the home at 4 o'clock, turn it on so when the work crew got there at 6 or 7 o'clock, you've got an evap-cooled attic that can your guys can work in. Now, being able to work in that uh, a cooler degree is going to help your guys go faster and be more efficient. It's very hard to focus and do your best work when you're hot and exhausted. 
Uh, so you see like a mobile unit that connects the uh, the ducts in temporarily. You know? Yeah. That's a great idea. Uh, for roofers, if you could find a way to put shade sails up over the roof while they're working, uh, it could move across the roof. And I, there's a lot of developing things. Develop those uniforms that would have air pumping through them, cool rush towels, jackets that have, um, you know, when you pack your lunch and you've got those liquid packs from your freezer that you take out and you put in, you know, you could insert these maybe onto the back and in the front, have a couple of those around your body. Something that helps keep your body temperature down during those extreme heats. And, you know, that's one thing that I hear a lot of people that aren't as an excuse to not go into the trades. Well, I don't want to be outside when it's 115 degrees. Well, you know, someone's got to be. And those people that do make a fairly good living. Uh, and it, it, I think there's just the next stage of development to complement those workers and increase those working conditions in that extreme heat. And then you take the reverse of that and you figure out how to work in Duluth, Minnesota in the wintertime when it's negative 40 and the wind's blowing. <laughs> You know, on the 50th anniversary of Man on the Moon, a lot of those spacesuits had temperature controls inside the suit because, you know, the men had to stay warm in very cold temperatures and vice versa. So, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a genius idea. So, all right, before we get back to home improvement calls, we do have a caller that has information on that Arizona postcard that's got the saguaro falling on it. Mark in Apache Junction, what can you tell us about that postcard? Was that your car? Um. The reason why I know about it is because I've owned three of them, and it's not a Buick. What was it? What is it? First of all, uh, are you related to Rosie and Jennifer? Yes, that's my mom and dad. Very well. You're in. You're in their rear view mirror, and that's complimentary. <laughs> well, thank you. All right. They are. That is a that car station wagon is a 78 to 82 maybe 83 Ford Fairmont station wagon well and you have three of them I've owned three of them it's not a Buick call your transmission guys on Sunday morning okay well we appreciate the call it, it now we know and if you follow us on social media, you'll see just where Rosie and Jennifer are today. You talked about the moon, uh, the, the moonwalk. They are at the Neil Armstrong Air and Space Museum today. And we've got a picture up of them, you know, where you can go up to a board and it's painted and it's got a cutout for your head and you can stick your head on it. This one is uh, uh, the a, lunar rover. Yes. Is that what they- <laughs> oh, my, that's great. My oldest sister, Rachel. Old-time listeners of the broadcast uh, remember her from when she was on the air in the early 2000s. Her husband's full-time military, and it's taken them all over the world and has them in, um, I think it's outside of Dayton, Ohio, is where they're at right now. So they went out to visit uh, them and their two grandsons, and we'll be back next Saturday. Thanks for the compliments. Let's get to Keith in Phoenix and see how we can help him this Saturday morning. Mr. Keith. Yes, good morning. Thank you for taking my call. You're welcome. I have a problem with paper wasps in my pool, and I cannot locate the hive. I've got a lot of shrubbery around the pool. 
Um, they're a nuisance. Of, uh, sometimes they do sting you. Um, trying to um, eradicate them. Any suggestions? I don't know if this will work on wasps or what exactly the ingredient is that that makes this work. But if you go into uh, a pool company, pool supply company, they sell products to keep bees away from your pool. And we had our neighbor uh, use it and work fairly well. We've had another neighbor that used it and it marginal. Uh, so it's, I, I, but I would start there before uh, anything else, just see if that doesn't work for for keeping the wasps away. A lot of times when we have these flying you know, bees or wasps, insects coming into the pool, I've noticed um, if the pool doesn't have, if the pool deck doesn't go over the plaster of the pool, if there's no lip and they can just walk down, that seems to uh, attract more because they've got a, a way to then land and walk down to the water. Or if there's that lip overhang and there's tile behind uh, at the water line, there's nothing for them to attach onto. One of my neighbors that just kind of marginally work, they have a pebble deck, and the pebble deck comes up out of the water and around. So there's, it's real easy for the insects to land on there and walk down. So if you've got uh, a lip, that helps. And then in any way you can keep them from being able to land. If you've got toys or floaties or whatever left, make sure all of that's out so it doesn't give them a landing platform and they'll go find another source of water. And the reason they're in the pool, uh, they're looking for moisture, correct? Yeah. Is that it? Okay. I still don't understand. You know, you've got chlorine in that water. Wouldn't that kill the wasp? You know, if they were to consume it, it's I, always it always boggled my mind because I, I, I've had that uh, issue before with uh, bees and wasps in a pool. Yeah, I think uh, I think the, con- the the chlorine content is parts per million is so low. It's minuscule, and the amount that those insects are absorbing is is is, is you know less than a a dropper out of a medicine bottle. You know, you're <laughs> it, it's so small. I I don't see that that. That would get and they've built up a resistance over the decades. <laughs> so let us know if that works, and we'll take it from there. There was a new hotel coming to Sedona. It's the first landscape hotel in North America. And the re- what grabbed me about this as interesting is they build all of these rooms are going to be above ground, so they're not putting in concrete slabs. Uh and what that's the, – the reason for that is they're trying to not disturb the natural landscape. And that is one thing that um, you know, I, it, it's hard for me to look at when you see a subdivision. You know, you, you drove this scenic route along the 303 or, you know, and yesterday it was natural desert and you come back and it, there's thousands of acres just scratched raw. Now – yeah, you know, in 30 years, 40 years, 50 years, you get great places like the Wigwam out of it and, you know, communities. But I always liked the Tucson landscapes just because you could tell they they disturb as little native vegetation as possible when they're building their homes instead of just scratching it all completely dry. Well, this now, you don't even disturb the pad space. Uh, i I don't know how I – mean, I'm sure there's, there is areas you've got to have drainage for sewer. You've got to have water supply. So there's some infrastructure, but 
the point of all of this design is to re- disturb as little of the nature as possible. Now, it's not going to be a great application for lower in the desert because those concrete slabs offer great cooling. If we're putting homes above ground in the lower desert area, you're going to add some increased cooling costs that are going to be obnoxious. And and those rooms are uh, completely open, right? Uh, it's all not not completely windows. Uh, I mean, there are some walls there too as well. but Mainly uh, glass. Mainly glass. I hope they have curtains on. So there. you can <laughs> you can enjoy the scenic surrounds. Yeah, and yes, I'm sure they all have for privacy. I meant for that. <laughs> right. But yeah. I, hey, I can't wait. I think it's December 2020 is their projection uh, to open in Sedona. All right. Now I completely blew past uh, giving away our Diamondbacks tickets. Generally, we do that in the second segment of the open home hour, which we've just recently switched to the 10 o'clock and switched our 9 and 10 o'clock. So this is for Wednesday, July 24th against the Oilers. We posed a question in our newsletter. Jen, do you remember what that question is? (laughs) She does not. Uh, I'm going to ask the question (laughs) as soon as I get to our newsletter. Once again, you said the Oilers. Uh, Look at it again. The Oilers are no longer in. Uh, oh, that's a Houston. Yeah, that's the Houston team. Oilers. They, they, they've been Orioles. Orioles. Oh, Baltimore. Baltimore. Ah. <laughs> so the question in R, and I deleted it out of my inbox. Of course I did. <laughs> Does anybody remember the question from our newsletter? Uh, I, was, I wasn't there. I was going to give everyone a chance to look it up. So we'll do it after the break because I'm a little late. It's Rosie on the House, final segment of our Open Home Hour and this Saturday's broadcast coming up next. The question. On what date did Whiskey Row and Prescott burn? And I'm not talking about the birdcage fire that was a couple years ago, but the whole Whiskey Row. When did it burn? It's in our home maintenance calendar if you have it. And it's July, so there's a pretty good chance it's going to be a date in July. Uh, <laughs> text that answer to 411923, and we'll pick a random right winner. Was it before or after the film, uh, a filming of the movie Billy Jack? Ah, that's a Way mm, before. Oh, way before? Way before. <laughs> uh, they didn't have TVs when this happened. It is funny to watch Billy Jack. I tried to watch that the other day. And I turned it off after the fight scene in Prescott Courthouse because it's just so cheesy. It's the way the fight scene is edited. It's kind of like the guy sitting there waiting to get a a roundhouse kick, you know, and and then – and then there's the quick uh, edits, you know, with the and, and whatnot. But you know what? I, I enjoy watching it just to look at Prescott in the Courthouse Square. That was 71 when it was filmed. And it really looks the same today in 2019. I mean, it's just a nice yeah. little snapshot of uh, the Courthouse Square in Prescott. Yeah. Uh, if you're looking for Prescott, I'd, I'd go to Steve McQueen, Jr. Bonner. That storyline's yes. a lot better than, than Billy Jack. And you get to see the railroad depot. Uh, a lot of folks don't realize that the railroad was pretty big in Prescott, but it was picked up uh, years ago. Now it's a hiking trail. And Friday's mansion section of the Wall Street Journal, it front page center article, the future of lawns is fake. And it talked about the thousands and thousands and millions of square feet of artificial turf that has gone in and the price people are paying for it. Some of these uh, examples were were in the hundreds of thousands of dollars for 
Uh, up to one example, I had 6,000 square feet of artificial turf. If you are looking for artificial turf as an alternative to a lawn, a lot of good things to uh, to consider. Uh, it's not an uh, application for all situations, but it has a, a great application for a lot of situations. One, examples under trees, you know, our Bermuda grass does not like a lot of shade, so this is a great application to put around a tree. If you've got your watering correctly, you want to make sure that the soil can still dry out around your root base. So you may have to add in, uh, you know, certain breathable materials and and uh, like landscape materials and sand, uh, all of them do require some kind of sub-base if you're going to use it for a lawn. So you may have to do that, but you don't want to excavate too hard to disturb the root zone, but is, there's an application there. Um, a lot of people think that uh, I don't need a sprinkler system. We don't recommend that uh, mindset. We recommend you do add the sprinklers, not for regular use. Yeah, for watering that lawn. Uh, <laughs> no, no. Actually, there is a reason for that, too. And I learned that a couple of months ago when we had the turf guy. Especially on. if you have pets. Yes. You've got it. it it's mm-hmm. being able to turn your sprinklers on for 10 minutes every couple months. Um, if you've got animals living in the backyard or even just to to get the dust washed off, we, we still recommend installing the sprinklers with it. Uh, not required, but definitely something to consider. Uh, Life of use, that's that's my biggest thing, is how long will this last, and then is it going to end up you know, in the landfill in 10 years and 20 years? You know, how, how long till it ends up there? Uh, you don't have any, that's one more thing you need to consider, how long, how much money are you spending on your lawn? Add that up over the years if you've got both your summer and your winter lawns, uh, but it's a, the article made a great point that our, our guys at Easy Turf make is don't get something that's too perfect because it looks like carpet and not lawn. They design them now to look imperfect. They've got some brown, different sizes, different string cuts. Some of them uh, just look like indoor-outdoor carpet because it's so uniform. It, it, it's and, a, and some look like real Bermuda grass. It's, it's really <laughs> until you put your feet on it. You know? But, uh, yeah, I've got turf in my backyard. I have a small backyard. Uh, I just got tired of mowing a square. And, and it works great. It really is. And hyg- but, but for hygiene, uh, about once a month, I go ahead and hose it down. And it looks great. How, much, how many square feet of artificial turf do you have? Oh, I knew you'd ask me that. I don't know, about 144 square. Does that sound about right? 144 square feet? 12 by 12. Uh, and then our weekly to-do, I missed that too. I apologize. See, when people ask me, what do you do? I say, I'm, I'm on the broadcast. I'm kind of like the drummer. I keep the pace and make sure we get all the notes in. And but we when love you do getting it by the callers yourself. too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we love getting the callers. So yes. we had quite a few. We, we did have a lot of callers too. But our, to-do, our weekly home maintenance to-do, if you follow our uh, home maintenance calendar, is talks about landscape grading. And in this season... A lot of people don't build with gutters, uh, but and this is a great opportunity to look around your home and see, do you have pooling water against the foundation? If you do, maybe just a gutter on one side or the other, or maybe a regrading of your topsoil to help get that water washed away. Uh, take, take a look at the rains, any standing water, any standing water, take a note, take pictures, and we want to make sure that... We get those addressed so the water properly drains and stays away from our homes and our foundations. 
That is your weekly to-do. We've got that complete article at rosieonthehouse.com. The answer to the trivia question was July 14th, 1900. Whiskey Row and Prescott burned down. We'll pick a random right winner and send you the Diamondbacks uh, tickets for Wednesday, July 21st.